So uh, now let us stand for the reading of God's word. Our scripture reading today is from Romans 12, verses 1 through 8. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. This is the word of God. You may now be seated. Well, on this Martin Luther King weekend, um, in light of the text we just had read, I've been thinking about his friend, the late and great Ray Charles, who often sang at Dr. King's rallies. Um, Ray Charles would give testimony to how his association with Dr. King had changed his life. As Dr. King tried to talk to him about being less self-absorbed and actually having his life bring benefit to others. And this eventually led Ray Charles to founding what's called the Ray Charles Foundation. Foundation that was established to help people who have hearing disabilities. All right, you, that, that's rather ironic because I think most of you know Ray Charles couldn't see. So this past weekend, I just decided I had to find out why his foundation was for those who, who had trouble hearing instead of those trouble seeing. And what he said was this, that as a musician, he had never found that his blindness was a particular disability for him. That didn't mean that he didn't think it was a disability. It's just that in his particular calling, that he thought that the inability to hear would be a greater disability for him. And so he wanted to form a foundation that would actually help people to be able to hear. And he called it, and I've titled the message this today, he called it, uh, the, the slogan was, make it do what it do. Do I have that up here? Make it do what it do. And by that, what he meant was he wanted other people's ears to begin to be able to do what he thought ears should do, and that is namely to hear better. Now, I thought about that as I came to the passage we come to this weekend and thought, what a great title that is for this week's message, um, Make It Do What It Do, because uh, God says that every one of us, when we come to him through faith in Jesus, we become members of the body of Christ. Body is one of the words God uses for churches just like ours. And that within this body, there are all sorts of members or, or body parts. And just like uh, Ray Charles would say that every part of the body is so important, uh, both the ears and the eyes, each one having an essential role to play in the body. So what God says is, 
When I give gifts, they're important gifts. Every member of the body is very, very important. It seems to me that when the Spirit of God inspired uh, Paul to write uh, the book of Romans, the text that uh, Josh and Jaron read so well for us today, when he inspired, it must have been that in some of the uh, churches there in Rome, some of the people who had gifts weren't using their gifts. It seems to me that might have been the case, and this was written partially to, to inspire them to use them, and maybe just as much, it may have been in some of those churches that there were factors at play or things happening that people to whom God had given gifts were not being allowed to use their gifts. So, so in this series of messages that I'm calling Reset, I've been convinced that we as a local church need to listen to this passage very, very carefully with, with my prayer that we will reset our ministries in this coming year with a real focus on making sure that every gift that God has given to this body is utilized to its fullness. Uh, the passage that I look at this evening, Romans uh, morning, uh, Romans chapter 12, is one that's had a huge uh, effect upon my life as a pastor. It's how I think about a role of a pastor and about the ministries and flourishing of the life of a church. So I'll show you what I put up in front of me as I think about this, that God does his work in the church by giving us different gifts, each of which is essential to the life of the body, and then telling us to serve one another. So today, as, as you heard the text, I, I want to take that text and issue to us two challenges. Uh, one of them is to you individually. I want you to make it do what it do. <laughs> I want you to know that if you're a follower of Jesus, you have a gift and, and to utilize it if you're a part of this church here within the life of the body. And then to the rest of us, I think particularly to, to us as pastors and perhaps leaders, but to all of us, I want us to let it do what it do. Where, where there are gifts that God gives, we need to set them free to be used fully to the glory of God. So those are the two points. Uh, make it do what it do and let it do what it do. I'm sorry, my English teachers in the past, but that's what we're going to call this today. So first thing I'm going to start to you, make it do what it do. If your gift is, then. Now, when God freezes water, he makes a snowstorm. Now, in Southern California, I thought you might not have seen this very often, so I'll show you a few pictures of what those flakes of snow, each one of them is unique. When we human beings freeze water, we make ice cubes, <laughs> each one of them all molded into that cube form. I'll tell you, that is one fundamental way, among many, that God is different from us. See, whenever we want to bring about something unified, what is our tendency? We, we try to make everybody alike. And that's not always bad. Uniformity isn't always bad. I mean, in the military, those of you in the military know that there is some value. And, and when you come in, you have to get your hair cut and put on the uniform and, and march. There's value there. But the church is different. In this eternal, global family that God is creating. He intends to create unity by making each one of us different. God has made it so that there's no single individual who is complete in and of ourselves, not, a one, not even the senior pastor, believe it or not. We all need one another. 
because God places us together into the body and gives us all the different gifts that we need so desperately. It's almost as if God looked at us and saw us, as Romans 5, 8 says, while we were yet sinners. But he loved us and he called us to himself And when we have placed our faith in Jesus, we find forgiveness of sins. But not only that, he gives to you and me the Holy Spirit. And with the Holy Spirit come these gifts. And then he places us within a local church like this one right here at Lake Avenue Church. And it's almost as if he says, there. They're going to have to love one another and serve one another. If they're going to grow and if this church is going to be what it should be, they can't do it otherwise. They can't live well. Isolated, one body part isolated from the rest isn't, you know that. It's not going to function very well. So I've asked, what does this look like? And I knew we were having the Lee Trio here, and as I listened to the Lee Trio playing today, I thought about that. I thought about the way that the three of them were playing musically. is a lot like the way that we're supposed to function. So three very different instruments. Do we have a picture of, of Melinda and Angela and Lisa up here? So we have a violin and a cello, and I don't know why Melinda isn't carrying her piano on her back, but she, she isn't. Each one of them, you heard it, each one of them was, was essential to that piece of music. They, they were sometimes playing, did you notice, different melodic or musical lines. Sometimes they had different points of entry. But, but there was a unity. The, these varying and complex parts all came together to form that beautiful, multi-tonal set of harmonies and lines of that music. Now, th- they could have said, I'm not going to do it that way. I'm tired of that part I have to play. I'm not going to play that part today. Uh, I, I can imagine Angela perhaps saying, I don't want to play the cello today. I, I'm going to play a tuba. Let's see what happens. Uh, I can imagine Lisa saying, why do I have to wait for my sisters to come in before I come? I'm going to come in whenever I want to. I'm just going to play whenever I feel like it. What would have happened? It would have been a disaster. But they didn't do that. Aren't you thankful? And it was marvelous. So so the body of Christ is like that. And I want us all. No, no, no. We need us all. Uh, to play the part in this body that God has called us to play and gifted us to play. As Paul said in in verse 5, in Christ, we who are many form one body and each member belongs to one another. I belong to you and you belong to me and we need one another. Now, at this point, I'm going to stop for just a moment and tell you a few clarifying things about these spirit-given gifts that that God says are given to each one. A couple of things I think are important. That God gives many kinds of gifts to the body. And the way he puts it there in verse 6 is, so we have different gifts, and they're all according to the grace given to each one of us. I say this because when you look at Romans 12 and you get down to verses 7 and 8, did you notice there are seven gifts that are listed there? There are several other lists of gifts found in uh, three or four other places in the New Testament. Uh, Some of them overlap a little bit, but none of them is exactly the same. And and so the point isn't that there are only these certain gifts that God gives. So that what we should do is go and list them all out. There are seven here and there are a few more over here. We'll list them all out. Then we'll come up with some tests and figure out how we can figure which one of those gifts that God has given 
Sometimes God could use that to do it, but that's not usually the way that it functions. Usually, as I've seen this over my many years of watching the life of the church, that God raises up the gifts that each local church needs. And sometimes, as the world changes and society changes, the needs within the life of the church also change. And when, he does, when they do, God raises up really many different kinds of gifts to minister to the rest of the church and to the body. Like what, you might wonder. Well, one of the places that it's really been helpful to me was to look even back into the Older Testament and we get to the book of Exodus because even though the Spirit of God didn't come and stay upon people in the Old Testament the way he does in the church now, still God would endow gifts from the Spirit when God's people needed certain things to happen. And one of the best places to see is in the book of Exodus, chapter 31, beginning with verse 1. And here, Jehovah was saying to Moses, the Lord said to Moses, notice this, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill and ability and knowledge to, to do what? To do what? Um, surely it's to preach. That's the most important thing. That's, that, surely it's that, right? Maybe in our church we value music too. Maybe it's to play or, or to sing. Maybe it's to pray. Maybe it's to teach. No, 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 no. If you look down in verse 4, to make artistic designs. My son Brandon, who's an artist, loves this verse in the Bible. I think he thinks it's the central one in the Bible. Namely, what was happening there is after the people of God had wandered so long, what they really needed to come together under God was to have a place to worship and, uh, you know, space affects us all. And to have someone who is spirit-filled and understands that to be able to use this, the artistic gifts and gifts as a craftsman to be able to build that was a great, great blessing to the entire body. My point is that God gives each body of believers the gifts we need to further his work in us and his work in the world. I'll tell you, I, I've seen this in my many years of being a, a pastor in the church how at particular times in the life of the church, God has raised up people with special gifts. There are certain gifts we always need of teaching and preaching and, and so forth. But I've seen him sometimes, kind of like back there in Exodus, raise up um, architects and carpenters and, and building, builders just at the time we need them. I found, uh, found that in times of financial challenge, sometimes God raises up people of financial acumen and capability to be able to deal with those issues. I found that sometimes as a pastor, when we've wrestled with difficult legal issues within the community that I've been in, God has raised up people who have, have just the right kind of legal expertise to help us to navigate ways through that in ways that honor God. I found out even sometimes he'll, he'll raise up somebody who can help us to build and utilize sound systems so you can actually hear the pastor preach, and I am really thankful for them. The point is, he gives to each church body exactly what he knows we need and when we need them. Now, you need to make note of this. It's not that the role God would have you to play in church is always something that is consistent with your profession. Sometimes there are overlaps there, but it's not always that. It's not that your spirit-given gift is always exactly the same as your natural talent or skills. Sometimes your natural giftedness overlaps with your spiritual giftedness. What, what I mean is that this kind of service that Bezalel did 
when God called him to do it and he used it to bring blessing to the people of God was just as spiritual as preaching and teaching and praying. Do you believe that? God gives the gifts a church body needs as he determines them, and he tells us, if I've called you to that body, serve, serve them, serve them. So that's the first thing I want to say. The second thing I want to say about spiritual gifts and, and, and have you to uh, make yours do what it do is that spiritual gifts are gifts, not entitlements. Uh, I think that's a message we Southern Californians need to hear. So again, spiritual gifts are gifts, they're not entitlements. So notice how it builds up to this. Last week's message, in view of God's mercy. Verse 3, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought because you're a product of mercy. And then in verse 6, so that we have different gifts and they're all according to grace. So again, this entire text, the first thing after we reset our entire lives in view of God's mercy, so that we're thankful for the mercy of God. The first place he starts is, where this is gonna change you, is that you're gonna to want to serve others who have received mercy as well. So whatever else we do in our lives, a part of what God would call you to do is somehow serve those who are part of the local church to which he calls you. One thing I didn't point out last week in Romans 12:1, if you have your Bible open, I want you to see this, that when he said, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies, and there he used a plural, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, singular. Aren't you astounded by that? No. Okay, what he's saying is that in the life of the church, we'll all come together and we offer individually. Here I am, Lord. Where I go with this, what I do with it, I, I'm gonna do it unto you. But then when you come into the church together, we offer as we serve one another a sacrifice of worship and praise to God. The, the way we do that in a practical way is us regularly serving one another. And the gifts that we use, they're not supposed to be viewed as well. That's what I want to do, so I'd better get to do it. They're not entitlements. They're gifts of God's grace to us. Now, I'm not opposed all the time to entitlements. There are times when entitlements are appropriate. Uh, in your career, uh, sometimes in your academics. Uh, entitlement is something that you've earned. So, I mean, if you've really worked hard, you've written the papers, you've earned an A, and then you get a D minus, well, you can tell I was in school a long time. That makes you angry because it's unjust. There, there is a place for entitlements, but the church is a different kind of place. This is a place where we are all simply recipients of God's mercy, every one of us. And so God gives us gifts that we're able to use and we should use them so, so gladly. Uh, in other words, we should never say, Pastor, the gift I think I have is singing solos. I want to sing one every week, and I'm going to leave the church if I can't do what I want to do. I think the problem is, and Chris pointed this out to me in between the services, I think the problem is sometimes we call it my spiritual gift. It's really not that, is it? It's God's gift given to us but it's really for the body, to build up the body. And so I want us to, to see that if, if we do all of this in view of God's mercy, we simply say, Lord, I am yours. I don't know where you want me to use you. I'll just be blessed if you can use me anywhere. And then we step into those places where there are needs in the body and we sometimes begin to see that God uses us in ways we never could have imagined. 
So do so humbly and gratefully. So first, many different kinds of gifts. They are gifts that come from God and in and, and, and utilizing them, then I'll again say, make it do what it do. It ends, this list of spiritual gifts, it ends with, if your gift is showing mercy, then show mercy cheerfully. Do I have that up there? I wonder whether that was the gift that nobody wanted. So he said, <laughs> you've got to do it cheerfully. So I'll tell you, if you are a follower of Jesus, that when you have placed your faith in Jesus, yes, he's cleansed you of your sin, but he's given you his Holy Spirit. And when he has given you his Holy Spirit, the Spirit gives to you gifts which are specifically given for the building up of the local body of believers to which you belong. And just like a body, in your own walk with God, you can't really grow, you can't know the vitality of God if you're cut off from the rest of the body and not functioning there. You know that's true, don't you? I mean, if you take your finger and cut it off and say, I'm going to let that thing just function on its own, it's not going to do well. And I think that's so many times what happens to us. We have challenges in our walk with the Lord, but we've never been serving the Lord in the body he's put us in. So I've thought about this. Um, if sometimes you feel like you're not making any progress in your struggle against temptation, or if sometimes you just feel like again and again those same old battles with discouragement and anxiety come, or if you think, I just feel like I never have a deep and authentic experience of the reality of God, there could be so many things that are said about that, but one of the things that I think you should prayerfully consider is you may need the strength and vitality that actually comes to you as you serve in the life of the body and the power of God's Spirit works through others and through you and into you. All this is to say, you need us Yes, I know we're not perfect here at Lake. I know that. But you need us because of the way God has made us. And we need you. Our children need you. Our young people need you. I need you. I experienced this last year as I was going through the health problems. The, just the fact that, it, that somehow we, our lives got linked here in the life. And, and so many of you prayed and encouraged was just something that was life-changing for me. I sensed the power of God flowing through you into my own life. I needed you. And you, you need us. You need us too. So, if, if all of this is true, how can you know how God has gifted you so that you can make it do what it do? And I've written up here a senior pastor's recommendation. It's so, so simple. But I think it starts by simply making sure that you were here last week or heard the message in view of God's mercy, that you're so grateful to God for all he's done for you that you're just ready to serve him uh, in the church in any way within this body. Then I have found almost the best thing to do, I mean, sometimes the tests that you can take can help you somewhat, but mostly I've found like the best thing to do is to ask where are the places where my local church body has the greatest apparent needs where, where we're hurting, what I'd encourage you to do is take just a step to serve in that area. And when you'll do, I think pretty sure, soon, you and those around you will be able to discern whether God has gifted you for that area. You'll be able to recognize more and more 
You might feel frustrated in that area or others will say, hey, I know another area where I think what I see in you can really be used. It's, it's something that God does as we live in relationship to the other body parts in the church. Now, right now, as Josh and Jaron made it so clear to us, I think the place, the biggest place that anyone could have a huge impact here at Lake Avenue Church is in the discipleship of our uh, children and students. Uh, you know, don't you, that lives are changed among our children and students. People most often come to Christ in those early years. Great decisions are made for the Lord in those early years. There's no place where I think your life could have a greater impact than in the discipling of our younger people. And right now, in this local body, we have, we have a great need and opportunity for us to make a difference in one another's lives. And that's why we put a table up in the lobby. You know what I'd like to ask you to do? Just to go out there and talk with folks. And they've told me, because this is a, the leadership of that is a part of other people's giftedness, they, they've told me that if anybody will step in, even if you're fairly new to church, they'll help train you and find a good place for you to begin. Uh, that um, they'll fit it within the schedule that you'll have, and they won't even lock you in for years. I, I, know that, I know that Joshua was working six or seven years with the same group. It doesn't always last that long, but sometimes I'm telling you, you get into it, and it's so life-giving that you just never want to leave. I would encourage you today, in the basis of God's Word, if you're a part of this body, make it do what it do. <laughs> Serve in the place God has gifted you. And with the just a few moments we have, let it do what it do. Okay. If God has given people gifts, let them, let them, let them. Uh, verses 6 through 8, the Apostle Paul wrote this in a very interesting way. You, you know those verses weren't originally written in English, don't you? It's really interesting when you read this in the original language. When you read this, you see he wrote it in a way that it could be applied two different ways. One of them is what I've just said. It's written to us individually. If you've been given a gift of, of showing mercy, then show mercy with great cheer. But it's also written in such a way that it's written to the whole church that says if God has planted gifts within the whole church, let those gifts be used. Set people free to use their gifts. Now. I wonder why the Apostle Paul wrote it that way. I don't know for sure, but I have a, a kind of an idea. Uh, in those churches in Rome, God was drawing to himself people who were both Jewish in their background, like Paul, and those who were not Jewish, Gentiles. And they were having sort of a hard time loving and serving one another. So if that ever happens in the church, we're not the first one where that's ever happened. And I can really well imagine that even though God would give different kinds of gifts to all different people, as he says, that some of them thought, we don't think that some of those people should be serving in those places. Like what? Well, like perhaps prophesying, which would be delivering God's word, God's message, preaching and other parts of the task. Or, or perhaps in verse 7, leading. I, I can imagine some of the people thinking, well, we think the Jewish believers should be the ones who deliver God's word because they've had the scriptures for so long. And they should be the ones leading. And that would make sense. That would have made sense to me. However, the New Testament is so clear that with the coming of God's Spirit to dwell in the hearts of all believers in Jesus, that the God, God just chooses to give whatever callings and whatever gifts He will to whom He will. He says that here in, in Romans 12, but He also says it so clearly in 1 Corinthians 12, 18. I've got to show you this verse. Look at it. 
God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Is that clear to you? <laughs> I think it's like we try to say to our children sometimes, three times the same thing over and over and over. Now, I have become very convicted about the fact that a part of my being a pastor is something like this, to make sure that we are a church where all the gifts that God gives are facilitated, that all the gifts God gives should be used as God has given them. And one, over the past year or so, one text has been particularly convicting to me about this is found in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. It's that passage that reports what happened on the day of Pentecost. If you're new to the church, you don't know. That day where after Jesus had risen again, the Spirit of God was endowed upon all of those people who had gathered in Jerusalem, and, and Peter got up to preach a sermon, and this is a part of it. He was quoting a prophecy of what was going to happen in the latter days, which means after Jesus has come. Uh, it, it divides the world into two different times, before Jesus in the former days and in the latter days. What was going to happen after Jesus came? And this was what, what the prophecy was. In these last days, after the coming of Christ and now with the coming of the Spirit, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Even on the servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Now, um, here at Lake Avenue Church, uh, you have vested the authority of determining who will deliver that message from God to your senior pastor that I seek to do in collaboration with our ministry council. But I have become more and more convinced based upon passages like Acts 2 and Romans 12 that God has chosen to give gifts, the gifts that he chooses to whomever he chooses to give them. And I, as your senior pastor, am commanded, let them. Let them use those gifts. And I cannot get away from the fact that in Acts 2, we are told that both sons and daughters, men and women, are going to be having the Spirit of God poured out in that way. So as best I can, which I always seek to do, I'm going to seek to obey by best understanding of Scripture's call to have both men and women use their gifts in this church in, in all venues. Now, listen to me as one who has surrendered my practice and conscience to the Word of God. I know that these issues have divided churches for many, many years, and you know God doesn't give his gifts to divide the church, but to unify the church, right? And yet, how are we going to do this? Because there are other passages, like 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 9 to 15, that say, how do you deal with that? Well, we have been studying and praying about those passages for the last year here as your pastors and your ministry council. I'm going to be posting in the next few weeks, if I can be diligent and get my work done, uh, both online and make them available here, what we're seeing in those passages so that we can obey all of the calling of God's word. But one of the parts that's very clear to me is this one, where we discern that the spirit of God has given gifts, we must let those gifts to be used so that the entire body can be built. And let me say this too. Sometimes I think we facilitate the differing gifts that God gives to us, not just through the pastor, but through all of us, giving counsel to and encouraging one another. That happened to me when I was in high school. 
I wanted to be a lawyer. I've told you that before, haven't I? I wanted to study law. And yet, at, when I was going to go to West Virginia University to, to be a pre-law major, I had the people of my church come up to me. And they'd watched me over the years serving in various places in the church. And they said, Greg, we have seen gifts in you that seem to us to be the gifts for pastoring. And we think you need to prayerfully consider that. And I did. And I've ended up, here I am. You know, 10, 11 years ago, it was that event back years ago when my own local church people came up to me and said, we see where the Spirit has given you gifts that I remembered. And then made that decision together with Chris to come to this beautiful church and have the opportunity to serve as your pastor. The, 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 the words of my church people were still ringing in my ears, saying we see God's hand upon you for this kind of ministry. Here's how I see it happening in a church body. Each one of us, in view of God's mercy, should say, Lord, if you can use me, I want to. I'll serve wherever you would have me to, to serve. We step out and begin to serve, and we, as we do, we'll sense in our own beings, and we'll also hear from those serving with us whether God is using us. And I, I pray that you'll do that, speak into people's lives. I know even for me, when I preach the sermon, sometimes I get notes about where you disagree, but other times you send me messages saying, God used you, and it's so encouraging. And it's not just for me, it's for everybody else, right? So if God, you see God using somebody in the lives of your children or others, then be sure to tell them. That will be able to anchor in their hearts. Maybe this is what God would have me to do. Then continue to serve, each one of us doing so. And I think we'll see the various body parts coming more and more alive and the growth of this body being more and more of what God would have us to do and to be. Now, sometimes when we actually do that, we've got to go to somebody and say, well, um, just like I sometimes should tell you, let him, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to let you do that. <laughs> because sometimes a person wants to serve in an area that perhaps they're not particularly gifted in, and we've got to have the courage to talk about that as well. That happened to me too. Okay, when I was... Uh, a young pastor in Racine, Wisconsin. I, Chris and I were living in a church-owned home. You know, they were called parsonages. And so the church would take care of the home. And one day, after I had preached from this text, believe it or not, uh, we went home, and on a Sunday evening, something happened with the plumbing in the kitchen. And I said, Chris, get the tools. With reluctance, she did. And, and I started trying to fix the plumbing. Within just a few moments, there was scalding hot water shooting up into the air. And I think, Chris, knowing that this probably would happen, had already called the head of the trustees, who was in charge of taking care of the facilities. And in just a few moments, he showed up, really a friend, Carlton Rood, and he went to work. It took him a couple of hours to fix what I had fixed in about uh, three minutes. At the end of the time, I'll never forget, he went walking out, and he was soaked <laughs> with all the water that, that had been there. He had it fixed. And he looked at me, and he said, Pastor Greg, I'm going to apply your message to you. In the future, you preach the sermons. I'll do the plumbing. Because I'll tell you, amen, God does his work in the church by making us all different, giving us different gifts, each of them essential for our growth, putting us into one body. What a brilliant idea God had. He's made us so we need one another. So I want you to use your gift, make it do what it do. 
I long to have our church be a place where every gift that is here, that we, we nurture it and set it free to be used, let it do what it do. I loved what Tim's reminded us of, of Martin Luther King saying, everybody can be great, but anybody can serve because anybody can serve. And that's especially true of us, don't you think? Because when we serve, we serve called by the Spirit of God and empowered by the Spirit of God. So I'll leave you with these verses. Romans 12, 5, and 6. In Christ, we, though many, we form one body. Each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. So use your gift and use it to God's glory alone. Amen. Amen. So, Father, I pray that I've been faithful to your word. And where I've been faithful to your, your word, Father, use that in each one of our lives and hearts. We long for our lives to become what you would have them to be. We long for our church to become more and more of what you would have it to be. We know you haven't left us lacking with any gifts. You've put it all here. So, Father, help us to learn to serve as you have called us to serve. Make it so that our lives individually and as a church bring glory to your name. We long for this to happen in the name of Jesus.